fire in the valley, September the 24th, 2022, facing the loss of everything we have. If you saw a fire heading your way and had less than an hour to bundle together all the worldly possessions you wanted to keep, the ones that could fit in the car alongside one small dog and one very large dog, what would you take and what would you leave to burn? Some choices for us were simple, some a little superfluous these days, but everything came for a good reason, and some things got left behind in the rush. As we left our valley, just as the wildfire was arriving, the eerily realistic poodle mask had somehow made it to the back seat, and a large blue papier-mâché unicorn was on Anna's knee, next to a large green octopus mug. Simon was snarling at Garfunkel, who was not used to being jammed into a car full of folders and bags and other unsettling things. It was a situation we hadn't spent a lot of time worrying about, or planning for, because it would take an extraordinary series of events for a fire to reach our valley. It's not happened in more than 70 years. On Sunday, all those events coincided, and we packed up. Documents, emotional attachments, and expensive stuff first – and after waiting as long as we could, drove out through burning eucalyptus trees just before the fire cut off the road. We stood on a nearby hill to watch the unstoppable, then moved one hilltop further away as the hot east wind whipped up the flames and spread the fire into a tinderbox of undergrowth in our neighbouring valley. Everything had changed at two minutes past midday on a quiet Sunday when our friend and neighbour David called to raise the alarm about a fire a couple of kilometres away. We have only a handful of days a year when the wind is from the east. Our normal, wonderful, air-conditioning northwest wind from the ocean had switched to the hot wind from the Spanish interior, which sometimes brings Saharan sand to turn the sky an eerie red. You'll perhaps remember the words of our wise old builder from a blog a couple of months ago. De España, nem bom vento, nem bom casamento. Meaning, from Spain comes neither good wind nor good marriage. This was not a day of good wind. The fire was burning fiercely, was spreading fast, and the wind was blowing towards us. I jumped in the car to check on friends living near the fire and to see it up close. All hands were up on the hill with water and beaters. Firefighters were being dropped off by helicopter and the first of the airdrops of water were dousing down. I saw the fire increasingly getting out of control, and a message to say the fire was spreading towards us, and so I raced back, went into crisis mode, and we started to pack. First we grabbed all our legal documents and passports, then expensive electronics and hard drives went into one suitcase with the family photo frames. They're all in the cloud, of course, but grabbing physical frames seemed like the right thing to do. We chose memories and connections from our various lives in various places. We took sheepskins given by Anna's mum, Maasai blankets, a springbok rug, and then piled in clothes and stuff for potentially weeks away. Everything was in for a reason. Mr Poodlehead represents the fun we've had with friends in this new place. The blue Burmese unicorn was named Arnost Duchek by a teenage odour in Bangkok. Oda had bought the daily used octopus tea mug, her school books were packed, as was the ugly Toby Jug darts trophy, which is a memory of my mum's funeral. After my parents died, I moved the family history here. All the photos and old passports and memorabilia are piled in boxes. I didn't take those. 
Should I have? Where would I start? Anna chose a selection of her shoes, extravagant and practical, but mostly extravagant. Those our daughter Oda had bought, and others with memories of Thailand, LA and Kenya. Oda's drawings and little notebooks from school in Thailand and LA were also packed. We've never been more thankful for Cassie the Hilux, a big, reliable car with space in the back and the ability to go off-road and get us out of trouble. Sadly, Susie the Suzuki would have to stay behind. In a moment of genius, Anna grabbed our two Kenyan leather folding safari chairs and threw them in the back as we closed up. Once the car was facing out and ready to leave, we waited as long as we could. The fire accelerated up the next valley and flames began licking the edge of our land. I raced around desperately trying to pump water from the lake onto the house and to soak the land, but the water level had dropped below the pipe and there was no time to prime the pump. Gonzalo, the son of Uredas Vakas, the cow king, Antonio Oliveira, appeared with a tractor and a plough and immediately set to work, cutting a firebreak in front of the house. We believe that's what made the difference and we are forever grateful. Then the fire jumped across into our lower valley and started burning through the eucalyptus trees straight up Valdas Estrelas. We dived quickly into neighbour Daniel's house to grab his important documents and headed for the next hills just before the fire blocked our way. As we stood at a distance and watched the flames tear across Daniel's land, we were convinced his house had gone. I heard an explosion and thought it was the gas bottle by the house. The wind switched from east to south and back to east again, and with each move it raised hopes and dashed hopes. Through the smoke we tried to make out where the fire had reached, but perspective was playing tricks on us. We couldn't see into our valley, only to the top of the hill, and to the guest house which appeared to be still standing. My annoyingly calm war correspondent approach of, it's going to be fine love, was understandably answered by an expletive barrage of just how not fine any of this was. The trees lining our road hadn't burned, but then a huge plume of black smoke erupted from the valley below. The firefighting aircraft started water-dropping runs over the house. Helicopters with huge buckets beneath were doing laps back and forth from a nearby lake. We knew then the fire had reached the house and that everything was probably lost. That's when the narrative changed to Whatever happens, we'll be okay. We're fine. The dogs are fine. We have each other. We'll get through this. It's you and me, baby. All our plans, our investment, our dreams, our new life of finally having a place to call home after decades on the road, was at the mercy of where embers might fall, where fire might find its way. There were tears. We didn't know whether to stand and watch everything burn or to go somewhere else. Our wonderful friends and neighbours, Ulla and Moretta, had already made a bed up for us for the night and invited us over. But we also had old friends from our Bangkok days arriving to stay with us. They were just arriving in our area when we suggested they head on to lunch without us. We left our vantage point and went to meet them. It was their holiday, they'd come out of the way to see us, and so we took them to a little beach bar to talk about other things and get a little respite. As we arrived, still not knowing if we'd have a home to go back to, our phones started to ping with photos from our friend and landscaper, Carlos Diaz, who'd reached Valdez Estrelas with the brigade. Our house was fine. Our guest house was fine. The whole new building site was untouched by the flames. The feeling of relief was immense. After watching the sun go down over the ocean, we drove back through a charred eucalyptus forest, 
the darkness illuminating glowing spot fires all over the place. The power was off, so we lit candles, put on some music, opened a bottle of wine and talked about relief, friendship and great times in Bangkok, where Anna wore amazing shoes and where Arnos Duchek got his name. The next day, we discovered just how lucky we'd been. We'd just installed a very expensive new solar power system in our little solar house, which I'd written a blog about and was about to send when the fire started. The building was burned on the outside. A plastic jerry can full of petrol had been warped out of shape by the heat, but somehow hadn't exploded. The fire had flickered inside and blackened the wall, but the lithium batteries were all still safe in their cardboard boxes, the hillside panels undamaged. A wood and plastic pergola had gone up, taking a teak Kenyan daybed with it, but the thick black smoke had been the canash reeds I'd been planning to cut down, and the tree trunks I was working out how to cut into firewood, two big jobs I no longer need to do. My spring weight loss programme of daily strewing of the land to cut brush, at least 50 metres from every building, was more about exercise and obeying the law than thinking it would make any difference. But in the end, it did. So, did I save the right things? I could have taken a few of the crazy waistcoats my Auntie Pat made me when I was a teenager, and perhaps some of the shoeboxes of memories from each country where we lived, but apart from that, I think I chose pretty well. And if it had all gone up in smoke, it's weird to say, but that would have been okay. We were fine, our dogs were fine, and we would have made a new plan here or somewhere else in the world. But we don't need to. We'll have to plough the ashes back into the soil, knock over any black trees, and wait for the rains to do their magic and turn our beautiful valley back to lush green. But we will need to replant with some cork oak and olive saplings, and we'll have to buy some small trees to replant. We're wondering if you'd like to help. We'll update you about how they're doing, and then you can come and visit your forest in the future. We've had a soul-searching few days, even about sharing this story with people who might question coming to visit. What are your thoughts after hearing the story? Please comment on the website. But the view is still amazingly unburnt, and it will be many, many years before this extraordinary series of events is repeated and fire returns. We and our neighbours were lucky. Commercial forests were damaged, but not a single house was lost. Daniel's home is fine. Our fabulous friends, Yup and Vera, came straight over and helped us get the power and water back on. Our neighbours dropped by to check up on us. We're lucky to be part of such a great little community. And how did the fire start? I have no idea, and I don't want to know. Accidents happen. <laughs>